Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to this Christmas Eve morning service. It's nearly there. Just one more sleep to go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether you're ready, but it's probably too, too bad if you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, so in all seriousness, um, we are waiting um, for that day when we celebrate the, the birth of Jesus, our Savior. And all that that means for us and, and for the world um, in the past, now, and for eternity. Um, sorry? Oh, I see. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Oh. So she also has a birthday tomorrow then. Um, this evening at five, we will have our carols by candlelight. And that's suitable for all ages, so I hope that there will be a good turnout for that. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. is our Christmas morning family service. And again, you know, I hope to see a lot of you, you here then. Let me just start by, by reading some verses from Isaiah, well-known verses. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on, and forever the zeal of the lord almighty will accomplish this so yes we're waiting for the the arrival of that great light and as, as it said the increase of his government there will be no end because yes he came as a baby but we know that he is our king our heavenly king and so um, a number of the songs this morning are, are going to reflect that that uh, he is the light of the world who came down to earth from heaven and he is our everlasting king. So I will hand over to Steve and Sarah to lead us in sung worship. Good morning, everyone. Let's, let's stand and let's worship our God together. Light of the world. Light of the world. Step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore you. Yeah. 
worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are worthy. We thank you that you are wonderful. We thank you for all that you have done and do for us. And we thank you, light of the world, that you were willing to step down into darkness, into our world as, as a baby. You fulfilled that prophecy. Um, and you continue to be the light of the world. And we thank you for that. Amen. Yeah. Do please sit down. Could we take up the offering, please? And at this stage, I was going to say that it was uh, time for <laughs> Emerge to leave, but it doesn't look as though there, there are any of them here today. So. <laughs> So, Father, we thank you for that greatest gift that anybody could ever receive, the gift of your son, your only son. And we thank you that you provide for us in so many ways. We thank you for the financial um, provisions that, that you give us. We ask that you would bless this offering. And we know it's only a small proportion of, of what comes into the, the church's accounts, Lord. We thank you for what you've given us, and we ask you to bless what we give back to you and to use it to further your kingdom here on earth. Amen. And we're going to sing again, and um, again, focusing on the fact that Jesus came as, as the light, the light shining in the darkness and that he is our mighty king. and truth are the marks of your reign. Angels adore you, the Lamb who was slain. They're crying holy again and again. Lord Jesus, you're the King of the ages. Come, all you your souls may live and be satisfied. Come from the ends of the earth, every tribe and tongue, lift your voice and praise. 
eternal reward. He's the desire of the nations. He is the faithful and true. Blessing and honor and glory and power. Blessing and honor and glory and power. Blessing and honor and glory and power to you, Lord. You're the King of the ages. Justice and truth are the marks of your reign. Angels adore you, the Lamb who was slain. They're crying holy again and again. Lord Jesus, you're the King of the ages. You To, to speak out or sing out words of praise, words of love to our mighty King. So, wish to bring attention to um, the fact of why it seems that we do not bear what other people in the world are bearing. It's harsh 
and extreme conditions where we can celebrate your birth, um, your feasting and so on. There are others who have absolutely nothing to do with the I arranged the fact that we seem to be here to help those who have nothing. Um, so I don't want to kind of put a damper on Christmas. Or perhaps we should, you know, here and there, take time to pray for those people. <laughs> but thank you, Lord, for all of you. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for those words of that carol which ends we shall live forevermore because of christmas day because you came down to dwell amongst us lord that you came down as a little baby as a helpless babe lord but we've just been worshiping and singing you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords you are the creator god lord we just love to be able to come into your presence to praise your name to lift your name on high to declare you are our lord you are our savior you are our God, Lord, and it's a fantastic, joyful time. Joy to the world, Lord, is joy to us because of what you've done for each one of us, Lord, because of your love, because of your grace. We will never deserve it, Lord, but in your grace and your love, you reach down to each one of us, Lord. Each one of us is special to you, Lord. Just thank you for the opportunity we have to be able to gather in your name as thousands of Christians around the world, millions, in fact, are meeting over this weekend and on Christmas Day just to to worship you, to worship that little babe who grew up to be our saviour, our Lord, and our King. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Father God, we've been proclaiming many words of who you are. Father, thank you that you are our Lord. You are my Lord. Father, as we celebrate Christmas, of Jesus coming to be with us. Father, I thank you that you're with us every single day, every minute when we're awake or when we're sleeping. On the time of the day that you're not with us, we praise you, Father, for your enormous love for each of us. In your name, Amen. Iar sărutirea ta ca da știa ta, alăbară tore sinatia toroștia. Focus on Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Speak out all of the right blessings and the right prayers over this nation, Lord. We ask you to use us, Lord. Use us as your mouthpiece, as your hands and feet in this world, Lord. We ask you to use us that we would not be dormant and that we would not be asleep, Lord, but that you would ignite a fire in us, Lord. That we would burn for you, that we would burn only for you, that we would burn right for you, Lord. We ask you to use our hands, use our feet, use our mouth, Lord. Just use every every part of us for your glory, Lord. Let us bring, let our lives just bring glory and honor to you, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen.
Steve has already mind, reminded us very powerfully of the countless people throughout the world who really need a touch from you, more than a touch. Many of them need a miracle, Lord. And we know that there are those closer to home who need your blessing on, on their situation. And so please feel free to speak out prayers of, of intercession. Or whichever um, person, situation, um, the Lord lays on your heart. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that uh, you found a place for Ros yeah. in the same care home as David. Yeah. Yeah. And Lord, we just pray for your abundant love to be overpowering on them, Lord. Would they know that you're there with them? Uh, the death on the cross wasn't the end. They're, we're all accessible to the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. You left that behind for us all. So we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will bless them and restore them to good health. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have of being able to meet like this today. We bless your holy name. And Father, we pray for those that are not able to meet freely as we are, for those that are persecuted, those that are rejected, those that are war-torn areas. Father, strengthen your church there that your people may rejoice in your holy name. Father, we thank you that nothing will stop your kingdom advancing. So help your people around the world that have not because of persecution, because of war and conflict. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. incredible experience you know you, you, it's immense you know, it's immense power but just the splendor and glory and, 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 and the love and, and it's just can't really properly be encapsulated in words it's, it's, mm. it's just wonderful wonderful god yeah thank you lord for all that you give yes Please consider our, our prayer. Yes. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Martin's going to be speaking to us very shortly um, on the, the topic or the subject of Jesus full of grace and truth. And uh, our reading is from John chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. Oh, we've got a bit of a problem here <laughs> with the technology. And no, it's not from the NIV, I'm afraid. <laughs> so I was relying on the, um, you don't have it. You haven't got it printed there, Martin, have you? No, the reading? Um, which version was it? Oh, the, was it the newest NIV? Thank you. 
think it's slightly different from yeah, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it's on my phone as well. Yes. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, it's on the screen now. Right, excellent. Thank you, Steve. So Jesus testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Lord, we thank you for your word. We, actually, we thank you, Lord, that we can have access to your word in so many different versions. Um, but thank you for the truth that they, they contain. We ask for your blessing on Martin as he comes now to, to speak to us. And as always, um, although we physically hear his voice, may we hear you speaking to us through him this morning. Amen. I'm still a bit croaky, but uh, bear with me, please. If I, if I cough, it's not because I'm still positive. We've tested negative, but um, just, just to warn you, still, still kind of recovering. Uh, may you stay COVID-free uh this this christmas um just to say that um we we don't uh we don't have um coffee uh after the service today because we're we're putting our efforts into mince pies and drinks and stuff after the uh carol service at five so you can go home and have your your coffee or your sherry whatever you prefer but we we won't be supplying um refreshments uh today after the service just so that you're uh, aware so Jesus, full of um, grace and uh, truth, um, I sponsor a child uh, through compassion called uh, Carlos. There he is. Uh, he's in Colombia. He's nine years old. And uh, I've got to know Carlos a little bit through the letters that we exchange to each other. Uh, Carlos tells me in his letters that he likes uh, football, running, jumping, group games and bicycling. Um, I checked this with, with Sam, who, who now works for Compassion, as many of you know. And apparently before the pandemic, it was possible to arrange to go and actually visit your, um, your sponsored child. Um, it's not so easy now, um, but you can do, uh, I think you can do virtual visits, is what he told me. I think that uh, is something that you can do. Um, but if I really wanted to get to know uh, Carlos much, much better than, uh, you know, just letters, I could uh, get myself on a flight and go to Colombia. Uh, maybe one day I'll do that. But uh, that, would, that would be, if I really wanted to get to know Carlos well, that would be what I'd do. I'd go and meet his family, I'd go and see where he lives, where he goes to school, and then I could really get to know him because I would meet him face to face. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, Moses wanted to meet God face to face. But God said this, uh, Exodus 33, you cannot see my face for no one may see me live. Um, God is, uh, Steve said it, prayed it, didn't he? God is so glorious, so powerful, so majestic, so awesome that as human beings, we couldn't bear to see his face. We would, we would die if we were to be exposed to his glory and majesty. Um, but God did speak to Moses um, personally. He gave him the Ten Commandments. He spoke to him on the mountain, Mount Sinai, when he gave him the commandments. And God told him what he's like. Exodus 34, um, 6 and 7. Here it is. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood with him and proclaimed 
his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. So God made it clear to Moses that he's a God of grace. Um, we oft, often God is caricatured as a God of law and uh, a kind of God of harshness in the Old Testament, but it's quite clear in the Old Testament that God is full of grace and truth, just as Jesus is full of grace and truth in the New Testament. God is still a God of grace and compassion and justice in the Old Testament. And uh, even though Moses never got to see, meet God face to face, he learned what God is like through God's words to him. A bit like my words exchanged with Carlos reveal a little bit of what we're like and our backgrounds and families. So Moses had some relationship with God through God's words spoken to him. But of course, Moses never met God face to face. This makes the truth of John chapter one even more amazing. We sometimes read these scriptures at Christmas and we kind of go, oh yeah, that's familiar. John chapter one, we know that. But the background of the Old Testament makes this even more amazing. Verse 18, just hear this text with the fact that Moses could never see God's face and remain alive. Listen to this. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son, that's Jesus, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Do you hear that? Moses never saw Jesus. Moses never, Moses lived a long time before Jesus came. Moses had to be hidden in the cleft of a rock. He could only see God's glory pass by. He only saw God's back. But we have seen in Jesus, God himself has been revealed in the person of his son. To look at Jesus is to look at God. God the Son took on human flesh. He came to this earth. He revealed the Father. Um, I guess the best way that, that um, God could have revealed himself was as a human being, because then we can relate to another human being, can't we? We can't relate to God in his glory and majesty because he's too wonderful. He's too infinite, too holy for us to relate to. But God chose to come as one of us. And we get a walking, talking, audiovisual demonstration of who God is, what he's like, don't we, in Jesus. The Jesus who cast out demons, healed the sick, did miracles, invited us to follow him, expressed compassion and love and welcome to the outcast and the marginalized. That's the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. Jesus said to his disciples, John 14, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? If you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father because the Father is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. They're part of the Trinity in relationship with one another. But you might say, well, that's all very well, but... Uh, we haven't met Jesus. We weren't on the earth like the disciples with Jesus. We weren't Philip or, or um, any of the other disciples. We haven't seen Jesus. We haven't shared marshmallows around the campfire with Jesus. We haven't looked into his eyes as the disciples did. Hang on a moment, though. Hasn't John already, earlier in the chapter, told us that we have privileged access to God. Didn't he say that if we believe in Jesus, we've become adopted children? John 1.12, look at this. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
You haven't met, you haven't just met Jesus, he's come to live in you if you're a Christian. You've been born again by the Holy Spirit. You've become an adopted son of God. You haven't just met Jesus, he lives in you and he's with you. God in you by the Spirit. That's pretty personal. That's pretty intimate, isn't it? Do you see how wonderful this theology is against the background of the Old Covenant in the Old Testament? How, do you see how privileged we are in Jesus? We just skim over this stuff, don't we? We take it for granted. It's like, oh yeah, we know this. So although we have not seen God, we have met Jesus through the Spirit. God is three persons in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. So if you know the Spirit in your life, if you're a Christian, you have met Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You have experienced the love of God through the Holy Spirit. You've been born again as a child of God by the Holy Spirit. This is why John says in verse 16, um, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Now, the NIV, the new NIV text, that's a better translation than the, um, than the old NIV text. The reason is that uh, all scholars today are agreed on the fact that the correct translation is grace in place of grace already given. In other words, there was grace in the old covenant that Moses received because God is a God of graciousness, forgiveness, compassion, love. So there was grace in the old covenant, but now there's even greater grace. Jesus' grace has replaced, superseded, gone beyond the grace that Moses received. Do you see? It's grace in place of grace. God is a God of compassion, of love, abounding mercy and faithfulness, but supremely so in Jesus. Jesus is the fullest expression of God's grace and truth. We'll get to the truth bit in a moment. You see, the reason that um, Jesus is a greater expression of grace is that the law given to Moses, although it was uh, a law of grace in the sense that it pointed people to the need for salvation because they could never keep the law and so the sacrifices that were offered re reminded the people that they couldn't keep the law and forgiveness was needed for their sin and so the law always pointed forward to the need for greater salvation for greater grace and that came in jesus the law failed to change people from the inside out they tried to keep the law, but they failed ultimately to keep the law. But when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit brought transformation in people's hearts. They were given a new soft heart, a heart of clay instead of a heart of stone. They were able to and had the power and desire to keep the commands of God, whereas before they couldn't. That's why it's grace in place of grace. No wonder John says in uh, verse 18, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. There's just two points I want to make this morning about this. First of all, we can now experience the gift of the fullness and grace and truth from Jesus. We can experience this fullness uh, today. There was both grace and truth in the law given to Moses. There was grace because God is a God of grace and compassion and forgiveness and mercy. But there was also truth because the law is God's truth. If people kept the law, they would enjoy living in prosperity under God's truth. But now we get to experience personally both grace and truth through Jesus. Um, Paul says this in Romans 8, verse 16. Uh, 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Um, this is the amazing reality of the new covenant relationship that we have through the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit in us reminds us, assures us that we are God's adopted children, that we belong to him for eternity, that we have a personal relationship with God. We experience grace through the Holy Spirit in us. Um, you experience God's love through the Holy Spirit in you. You know that you're a child of God. You know you have eternal life. You know you have assurance of forgiveness of sin through the work of the Holy Spirit in you. You have peace, joy through the Holy Spirit in you. Um, that's why I think uh, Christmas is extra special for Christians because it's not just something that we do as a kind of rich annual ritual once a year. It's not something that you enjoy for a fleeting few days with family and friends and then it's all over and then you've got a massive credit card bill to pay off. <laughs> Christmas is an experience of God's presence in you, not just now, but every day. You can know the peace, the joy, the love, the presence of God on January the 15th, just as much as you can on Christmas Day, right? That's why we're so privileged as Christians. The Holy Spirit makes God's love, God's joy, God's peace real in our hearts. And that's why we celebrate. We celebrate this gift of grace and truth that's ours in Jesus all through the year. If you want to know uh, God's grace supremely, we look at the cross, don't we? That's where the love of God is expressed most fully. So if you have a doubt that God loves you, if you have a doubt that God's a God of grace, just look at the cross, just meditate on the cross. As John says in 1 John 3:16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So that's the place to begin, to know God's grace. And then, from there, we can ask the Holy Spirit to pour God's love into our hearts. Romans 5, 5. This is one of my um, favorite texts that I pray constantly. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. If you want to know God's love today in a deeper way, you can know that through the Holy Spirit being poured out into your heart. So if you're lacking love and joy and peace today, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit to pour out more of God's presence, more of God's love, more of God's peace and joy into your heart. The Father loves to answer those prayers, by the way. He loves you to delight in him. He loves you to have the confidence of knowing that you belong to him. He loves you to delight in him, because when you delight in him, you overflow with love and joy to others. By the way, those who are filled with God's grace will also be filled with love for God's truth in his word. And one of the things that happens when you get filled with the spirit and filled with God's love, you get a hunger for God's truth in his word. You can't stop reading it. Have you noticed that? You want to read it. You're hungry. You're thirsty for more of it. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit takes the words of God, and he makes them personal to you. He makes you hungry and thirsty for more. Um, the Holy Spirit turns God's word in the Bible into a personal love letter to you and you hear God speak to you personally as your friend, as your saviour, as your king and it's wonderful. How then do we live as Christians full of grace and truth? Well, When we read the Bible we need to ask God to personally speak to us by the Holy Spirit through his word. 
We need to ask that the truth would work its way out in our words and actions and deeds as Christians. Now, this is easier said than done. Jesus walked the line perfectly. He was full of grace and full of truth. And he demonstrated that time and again, didn't he? Do you remember the, the, uh, the woman, the adulterous woman in John 8 who was brought before him? And all the religious authorities were about to, were condemning her, judging her and calling her to be stoned. And Jesus just simply wrote something in the sand, we don't know what. And one by one, they dropped their stones and walked away. And he said to the woman, go and sin no more. Full of grace in that he said, who is fit to judge? But he was also full of truth because he said to the woman, go and sin no more. He held her accountable. So it's not a case, love is not one-sided, is it? Love is not just, well, you know, anything goes. We need to be inclusive of everyone's views and opinions. We do need to show compassion and love and mercy. But there's a line that Jesus draws and he says, go and sin no more. There is a truth that Jesus holds. He walks perfectly the line between being full of grace and full of truth. And that's the line that we have to walk as Christians. And that's not easy. In a culture that says, well, you have your truth and I have mine. Have you noticed that? <laughs> um, so, you, you know, people are happy for you to have your truth so long as that doesn't have any impact on them and that they don't disagree with it. But Jesus said, Jesus didn't say I am a way and a truth and a life among many. Jesus was a bit more controversial than that, wasn't he? Jesus said, I am the way. There's only one. I am the truth. There's only one ultimate truth. It's in him. I am the life. He is the truth that relativizes all other truths, isn't he? In other words, people's truth needs to be compared to the ultimate truth of Jesus. So we're not going to be able to agree with all the world's truths, are we? By definition. Um, but I, I, I like to be positive as well about these things. And I read a book recently called The Air We Breathe by Glenn Shrivener. And he, he wants to say, quite rightly, I think, that far more of, so say, secular British culture is shaped by Christian truth than we um, would imagine or accept certainly secularists accept. Where do these um, truths come from that are supposed to be self-evident and common sense? For example, equality is one. We believe in the equal moral status. This is our secular culture. We believe in the equal moral status of every member of the human family, no matter their rank, race, religion, gender, or sexuality. That comes straight out of Genesis chapter 1. The human beings are made in the image of God. That's not a self-evident, common-sense truth. That's come from Scripture. Our culture has taken it and just happens to have forgotten where it comes from. <laughs> Compassion. We believe a society should be judged by the way it treats its weakest members. Uh, hello? I think I've heard that before somewhere in Scripture. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Love your neighbor as yourself. God is a God of justice, and so on. Consent. We believe that the powerful have no right to force themselves on others. Hello? I think Jesus may have said something about this as well. <laughs> I've come not to be served, but to serve. Enlightenment. We believe in education for all and its power to transform a society weren't some of the greatest um, reformers and those who started some of the, the, the greatest schools and educational and university established, they were all Christians. Science, we believe in science, its ability to help us understand the world and improve our lives. The very um, foundations of science are based on being curious about the world and discovering more of God's glory and truth. That's where it began, scientific venture. Freedom. We believe that persons are not property and that each of us should be in control 
of our own lives. Hang on, free will, where did that begin? Hmm. May have just been in the garden, back in Genesis. Progress, we believe in moral improvement over time and that we should continue to reform society of its former evils. Didn't Jesus said you are to be salt and light? These are not self-evident common sense truths. These are biblical values that have shaped our culture and have been hijacked, taken on board by secularists as if the biblical story truth has not shaped them. Nonsense. We are inherently shaped by Christian truths and values as a culture. We need to own these values as Christian. And we need to go beyond these values, of course, because Jesus was much more radical than these values. And we need to ask for God's spirit to help us be full of grace and full of truth. That's not an easy line to hold. Um, it's complex, messy, tricky. <laughs> But we need to ask God to help us to hold that line. A um, little while ago, I gave the illustration of the, uh, the peach. I think it's quite a good illustration. We're to be soft, and squidgy, and uh, easy to get into as a church. But there is at the center of a peach a core, a hard core of truth. So church is easy to get into. It's welcoming. Sometimes a bit messy, like a peach. <laughs> but at the center of the peach is the truth of Jesus. And he does make claims on us and our behavior. Bigger claims than those of our culture. So may we be full of grace and truth. So how can we be full of grace? Well, you live out the justice and the compassion of God, don't you? Many of you already do that through your paid jobs, particularly those who, uh, who work for compassion. Um, but for any of us who are in business, you can express the values of compassion and justice through the work that you do, through the teaching that you do, through whatever role you have, we're to live out the grace of God, to do good to others. Maybe you're a volunteer, whether it's with Christians Against Poverty or Beeson, Food Bank, wherever it is, we are to work out, live out the values of compassion and justice and love through our service in the church and in the wider community. Or maybe you don't do any of those things, but you're, you have opportunity through your workplace, through your neighbours to, to just show compassion through a listening ear. Um, all this week, GMB, um, Good Morning Britain, have been running this thing with a million, you know, this million minutes thing where you donate, you pledge time. I think it's a really good thing to do, by the way, um, so long as people do it, where you, you offer to give time to people, where you just offer a listening ear or go and get their shopping or give them a lift to pick up a prescription, whatever it is. Just there are so many lonely, isolated people in our community, aren't there? And we have opportunity to show them compassion. Um, listening ear, by the way, is one of the greatest gifts that you can offer, I think, another human being. So let's be this Christmas full of grace and full of truth. Maybe you've never really thought about this topic a lot. And um, I would recommend um, Glenn Scrivener's book, The Air We Breathe, because he really wrestles there with um, some, some of the, the commonalities of, of our secular values in our culture and the Christian truths and how we are called to go beyond those secular values to uh, be full of truth and grace in our, in our 21st century Britain. Uh, he really wrestles with some of the complexities of that and I recommend that book, The Air We Breathe. Uh, I can, uh, if you talk to me about it, I can send you the link. So let's be people who are like Jesus, full of grace and truth, so that we make the face and the presence of Jesus known to those that we come into contact with. That's our aim as Christians, isn't it? We want through us for people to experience, come to know God as we 
uh, I think Abby prayed it earlier, as we are the hands and feet and voice of Jesus. We are the only audio, uh, visual, walking, talking, display, demonstration of God that a lot of, most people have, aren't we? Well, let's be full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came into this world as a human being. You showed us what God is like. And we, you didn't just show us, you offer us your very life through the Holy Spirit in us. And thank you that we've come to know you through the Holy Spirit, that we've become your adopted children, that we've been born again and made new creations. Um, Holy Spirit, I just pray this morning that you would give us the ability to be full of grace and full of truth. Help us, Lord, to be like Jesus, who expressed love and compassion to the woman caught in adultery, but then also said, go and sin no more. Lord, that's the balance, the perfect balance that we want to strive for. Uh, so help us, Lord, in that difficult pursuit of grace and truth. And Lord, fill us with your spirit now that we might be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus wherever we go. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Um, so if you're able, can you uh, stand and, and join us in our closing song? If not, sit where you are. Joy has dawned upon the world.
We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are the Lord of history, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But there was no beginning, and there will be no end. And we just thank you for that. And Holy Spirit, would you come and fill each one of us to enable us to, to live out our lives the way you want us to do. Um, may we be full of your grace and truth, and may we share it with those who don't yet know you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So as Martin has said, there, there are no refreshments this morning, but there are plenty of cards on the table. So um, can you, you just check to see whether there might be cards for you or for if there's some that you could take for someone that you'll be seeing or a neighbor that you could drop off. Carols by candlelight this evening, five o'clock and 10 o'clock tomorrow morning for our Christmas day service. And uh, if I'm not going to see you before or either of these, then I wish you a very happy and peaceful and Christ-filled Christmas. Thank you.